0: I make decent money in the Navy, but I need to make more um, if I want to actually get into a race car. So that's when I started my own business. Um, and my business was hosting uh, drag racing events at drag strips. And I would invite a ton of people to the track. I would get people to race. I would have spectators. I would have all that stuff. And any extra money I made from these events is what I used to basically sponsor myself so I could get into a race car. And this is what I had to do. And that's what made all
1: this work. Welcome to the Millennials and Money podcast a podcast dedicated to encourage millennials to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and financial professional, Peyton Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share the money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show.
2: Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your host, financial professional with Holmes Financial, Peyton Boyer. And I'm here with a very special guest today. I'm here with U.S. Naval Officer and NASCAR stock car driver, Jesse Awuji. Say hello, Jesse.
0: Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on the show.
2: It's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. You know, normally I start these shows by, uh, before I allow the guests to introduce themselves, I kind of share how you and I, me and the guests know each other. But you and I don't really know each other, to be honest with you. I'm not a big uh, NASCAR fan at all. But, you know, throughout my career, I've learned people have very interesting stories. So I'm always looking on LinkedIn to find someone whose story might be interesting and hopefully the guest on can the guest listeners can learn from their story so i saw you i saw a black nascar driver who's also a u.s naval officer and i said this guy's probably got a heck of a story i reached out to you you you're kind enough to allow to allow me to do a podcast So i really appreciate you my man
0: yeah thanks for having me
2: so why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and myself a little more
0: yeah, so um, you know my story is uh, definitely a lot different than most NASCAR drivers. <clears throat> I don't come from a, a racing background or a racing family or anything like that. Uh, both of my parents they had immigrated from Nigeria to the U.S. Uh, back in the '80s uh, before deciding to settle in Dallas, Texas. And um, while growing up in Dallas, I naturally gravitated towards football at first because you know football is the biggest thing in Texas. And um, eventually, in middle school and high school, you know I worked really, really hard to get better and better at football. And eventually, by my senior year in high school, I started getting recruited by a few schools. And uh, one of those schools that was recruit- recruiting me was the U.S. Naval Academy. Um, I looked at it as a really good opportunity to go to a great school, uh, get an opportunity to play, you know, great football for a team that was winning a lot of games, get a great education, and then when I graduate, be uh, be able to become an officer in the U.S. Navy, which was, you know, pretty much a career started for me. So, uh, it was just a win in all three different ways. So I, I ended up going to Naval Academy, played football there all four years from 2006 to 2010. Also, uh, ran track balls there. I uh, ran, uh, I was a sprinter. And, um, after I graduated in 2010, I became a surface warfare officer in the Navy. And as a surface warfare officer, I was on multiple ships. Uh, I uh, I went on a couple different deployments to the Middle East. And um, during my free time that I would have when I was back home, uh, where my duty station was back home in San Diego, um, I would, uh, you know, I had some free weekends. So I would take my personal cars to local tracks near me because I, uh, you know, I liked cars and I liked going fast and i want to do it legally <laughs> so i the track to do it so um i would do that i did that for a few years and after a few years of that finally just made this crazy decision that i wanted to become race car driver while being in the navy still and that's when this crazy journey began and i had to figure out how to find the money to do it um how to find teams how to get training how to learn how to drive a race car i had to figure all this stuff out and it took me a while to really start getting traction but um, once I started getting traction, things started building upon each other. And next thing you know, I went from, you know, a, a guy who had never raced in a real race car before to a guy who finally hopped into like a, a late model stock car, you know, which is kind of a lower level of racing. And then I just worked my way up from there. And eventually now I'm racing in the national levels of NASCAR. So um, while still serving. So uh, it's been, it's been a crazy journey. Um, I have some businesses now too. I had to put on my entre- entrepreneurial, uh, had on just to even find the funding to get into the race car because I had to figure out a way to get extra money, all these things I had to do. But um, that's kind of what got me to this point. And now I'm one of two African-Americans racing <laughs> in the top three levels of NASCAR.
2: I'm excited to getting more into your story and hearing more about your journey. You know, this, this, this podcast is all about financial success and how others get there. And, you know, I find of co- the cornerstones, the foundations of someone's financial mindset or mindset around money it gets put in place at, the, at a young age. Um, of course, those cornerstones can always change, but that's where that foundation gets put in place. So, talk to us. What was money like in your household as an immigrant, or, and with immigrant parents, growing up in Dallas?
0: Have much when I first got here to U.S. Um, my dad had a few hundred dollars, you know, enough to basically get plane tickets to go, you know, back and forth between Nigeria to, you know, get things all squared away and stuff but he didn't really have much money. Um, And uh, you know, my mom, she didn't have anything either. So when they got here, they knew uh, that hard work, a lot of effort and grinding was gonna, you know, get them somewhere. So, you know, my mom at first, she was a nurse, not a nurse, sorry, she was a a hotel maid and um, she worked at different hotels and motels and stuff, cleaning, and she knew that wasn't gonna be a life for her. She knew that she wanted to really achieve like the American dream. She had to do more, be more. And um, she decided to go to school, get her education and became a nurse. Um, my dad, uh, you know, he's always been in the multimedia space. So, um, he's worked at multiple schools, universities, uh, places like that. in like their audio visual departments. And that's kind of been one of his things that he's done pretty much his whole life. And then outside of that, um, he was his own little entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneur too. So he had a, um, he would do, uh, he would be a videographer, Um, For people's events, and you know, in the Nigerian community, he was like known as the video guy for many, many years. Um, So, you know, anytime someone was having a wedding or any big parties or events or anything, and it needed it to be recorded, my dad was like the number one guy. So every weekend, I remember, especially in the summers, uh, every single weekend, we were always going to events, (laughs) and he was always recording them. And it was fun for us because we get to meet other kids who are our age too, and we'd have fun while he's like recording and. We could always go run around and we would never get in trouble because like he couldn't pay attention to us because he was focused on recording. (laughs) It was only the events where he wasn't recording where we started getting in trouble all the time. Um that's what he did. So he was doing that. My mom also um you know started her own business too. Uh she had a party supply store um and it it did actually really, really well. But um, in order to make it work, you know, she was working that job uh, as you know, owning the owning and running this party supply store. From you know nine a.m. till you know five six p.m. each day, and then she was doing her nursing job uh, from seven p.m. to seven a.m. each day. So if you do the math, there's not a lot of time in there for sleep, rest, or a lot of stuff. And she was doing that seven days a week. So through that is where I saw how hard work and grind can really get you somewhere. Because when we, you know, when, when my parents first came to America, they were living in like government subsidized homes, things like that, and then they got themselves out of that to eventually buying their first house and then their second then their third, their fourth, they're I think they're on their fifth or sixth now, I can't remember. But they've always, they've gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And the one they're in right now looks like a freaking castle. <laughs> so um, let's grind, it's grind. They grinded, saved money, did the right things, made good financial decisions. Um, and and they knew that, you know, with a lot of hard work, a lot of effort, um, and save your money and just putting it in the right places, you can continue to expand it and achieve the things you want to achieve.
2: No, I like that, man. It's that grind, that... That that's something that people here who are born in America, I was born here, so I'm not tr- talking bad about anybody. But you know, mm-hmm. my wife, she's from Mexico, and I see I see her parents come over and I see them recognize the opportunity that some of us don't see. Mm-hmm. Like your mom busted her her behind to, to working two jobs. Like it sounded like there's like four hours of the day she was not working. <laughs> so she's yeah. finding yeah. your your dad had his his own personal business. And, and I see that a lot too. Like that entrepreneurship mindset. I know where my wife comes from. Her her town in Mexico. Like the only way to have a job is if you start your own, and yeah. it, it's kind of the same in Nigeria. That's why a lot of you guys come over here and start your own businesses when you get here. I'm I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's the same way. Um, <clears throat> that's the thing. Like if 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 the opportunity isn't there to be given to you, you go create it. You know, and 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 that's the thing here in the U.S. Some people don't understand. Like, I see I hear people complain. Oh, there's not enough this. There's not enough jobs, or the pay sucks, or this and that. Well, then create it yourself. Then you know, if you're not getting, if if someone doesn't have what you need, then you go create it. You know, I I, you you see a problem, you go solve it. That's how you become successful in life. There's a problem. You solve it if, right. if you're not getting enough money, you go make it.
2: <laughs> I love what you're saying because that's why I started my own firm. That's why I went independent. I, mm. I was sitting here complaining, like, man, this. I worked before a Fortune 500 company before I was independent, and I said to myself, "Man, I can't serve the clients the way they need to be served." And then mm. I, I, my wife was kind of said, "Well, why don't you stop complaining about it and go fix it?" And I was like, "Okay, you you, you call me out now." And then I started my own thing and you know, I'm helping people, serving them the way I feel they need to be served and they're getting the kind of advice they need to get to reach their goals and it's all because I didn't sit there and just complain about where I was. Instead, I decided to see the problem and fix it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That's that's pretty much what it is. You're a professional problem solver. That's what entrepreneurs okay.
2: are. Well, Let's fast forward a little bit, man. Talk to, after you got out your parents' house, it might have been those college years, might have mm-hmm. been uh, sometime before or after, but what was life like when, you took that kind of entrepreneurship mindset, or that kind of go fix it mindset that your parents have given to given to you. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you? you? Became a little more independent. Whether it was in college years or the military, what happened mm-hmm. next after you get out your parents' house? And what was money like for you then?
0: Yeah, so um, you know, when I graduated from high school in 2005, that was the
2: last time I, I, I got a positive. I got a positive, so you're class of 05, baby, me too, so.
0: Yeah, class of 05, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I,
2: I October 87, what, what year and month were you born? August, August
0: 87.
2: Oh, you got me by a few months.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I uh, graduated 2005, and and when I did, that was the last time I lived at my parents' house, Haven't haven't lived there since. I just go visit since then, cause um it's just, and in my mind, it was never an option to like stay there past that. It, the, only, the only thing in my mind was, you know, after high school, I'm going to go to college and play football, and I'm gonna graduate college, and I'm gonna go work whatever you know thing I'm working. Um, and that's it. Like there was like no other option, so I I couldn't even imagine ever. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's just not a, it's not an option. Like cut the ropes, burn 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 the boats, and that's it. I was going okay. so. um, uh so that's what that so so did that, uh graduated and then, you know, or sorry, got to the academy. Now at the academy I've, I had to learn a lot of things. Obviously I didn't have any like major bills to pay for because you know everything was covered, you know, through scholarship stuff and you know, being at the academy and all that. So I didn't have any major bills but I still started to somewhat learn about money a little bit. Um, I did have a credit card. I think I had like a $5,000 limit. So I quickly learned that like, you know, when you use a credit card, you got to pay it. (laughs) So uh, luckily I didn't, I never, I haven't luckily since the moment I I started having credit back in when I was 18 years old till now I haven't ever like had any issues of paying it, but, um, but, you know, I still, you know, kind of pay. There's times where I've had balances for a long time and, you know, I would pay it each month and I learned that minimum payments don't do much, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I, I learned a lot from an early age. And then, you know, after graduating college, uh, you know, becoming an officer in the Navy, obviously I started getting, you know, better paychecks and all that stuff. So then I started really, really learning about money and bills and all that stuff mm-hmm. and how all that stuff, you huh?
2: What did you do for income while you were in college? What would you do for, to earn money? So fortunately for us at the
0: Academy, um, Everything is covered as far as um, your dorm, food, all that stuff. You can eat for free, three square meals a day, every single day, and everything's covered. And really, you don't have to spend money on anything. You're pretty much given everything. Um, But uh, if you want to do anything outside of the school, then you're on your own, right? So uh, they do give us um, each year. So as a freshman, you get $100 a month. As a sophomore, you get two hundred dollars a month. As a as a junior, you get three hundred a month, and then as a senior, it's like six hundred and something dollars a month. So yeah. you don't really have much. So when you do leave outside of the school gates and you decide that you want to, I don't know, go party somewhere or go grab some food, or whatever, you you don't have a lot of money to be messing around. Like right now, like it's nothing for me to go with, you know, my fiance out and have a, you know, between both of us 50, 60, $70 meal, whatever. Back then, if I did something like that, I'd be like <laughs> I have much left for the rest of the month, you know? But you you <laughs> so. got to talk to me about
2: what, what what was it like? I'm sure that some months you messed up, but what was like mm-hmm. those, that learning to budget? What was that like? And talk about some of the times where you might've got overspent towards the beginning of the month and kind
0: yeah. of do without towards the latter half. What was that like? Uh, oh yeah, I happen all the time. <laughs> all the time. It, 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 and I actually that stuff happened really in high school because my mom would give us twenty dollars for two weeks, right? So she'd be like, hey, she did the math, you like the lunch, because she would she would never give us enough money to get like the expensive lunches at school. So yeah. the, whatever the minimum like basic lunch is, she gave us enough money to for two weeks for that. It's about 20 bucks. She give us that and you know usually I'd come in the first like few days and get like the expensive lunch. All sudden, <laughs> I'm like, I don't have any more money for the second week. And then I'd go into the second week and I'd be like, okay, how am I going to make this happen? And I either just didn't have a lot to eat that day or I just figured it out, you know, and that's how I started becoming really resourceful and making things work. So, um, it taught me a lot, which is good. I'm glad I learned then, you know, cause I never put myself in a, in a very bad position. I, but I would, you know, put myself in, you know, sucky spots sometimes. And I'd have to learn from like, well, you know, I spent too much early, so I'm just not going to have much today. And that's just how it's going to be. And I'm going to live through it. It's going to be fine.
2: <laughs> and, and that's kind of what I do when I'm working with my clients on the budget. Like, I'm going to hold you accountable. You told me you mm-hmm. want to spend this much. I'm going to hold you accountable on that. And you, like, you're going to have to learn to do without. And when once you learn to have a few months of doing without, you start saying, okay, I can make this last. I can make this stretch. Let me mm-hmm. not just blow it at the beginning. And the, there's gotta be something behind that of the, like, I'm sure you learn things with that budget they gave you. Like they they know they do the math. They're like these mm-hmm. kids can survive on a hundred bucks a month. We mm-hmm. pay for all their food. They got room and board with us. There's no reason hundred dollars a month should be should not be enough for this young freshman. And you that you can tell you can tell they put some thought behind that. And I'm sure you get all all your students learn from doing that, living like that. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, they did, especially, you know, as a freshman, we're getting 100 a month because as a freshman, you're only allowed to leave campus one day a week. And that was Saturday. And it was only from uh, morning till uh, midnight, I believe. So, um, yeah, they only give you uh, four. uh, That's about four days a month to leave. You know, basically one Saturday uh, or each Saturday, you basically get to leave throughout that day um, uh, each week. So with that four days, if you do the math, yes, maybe 25 bucks a day, you could pretty much use it that money for And, you know, maybe go out and at 25 bucks, that's enough to somewhat get you by for the day. You're not going to go buy an expensive meal, but, you know, maybe get some McDonald's or some Chick-fil-A and maybe one other little thing, and you'll be done with that 25 bucks for a day. So if you budget it right, you'll be all right. But, um, but uh, then again, you know, during that time too, because you're a freshman, we're all what 18 years old, 19, a lot of us still have some sort of parental help. So my mom would still, you know, uh, I would say each semester she would give me like maybe like 3 400 bucks like that's it so that I would tack that on to the other 100 bucks you know that I'll get each month so you know I spread it out a little bit and you know maybe I'd have a budget of around 200 a month you know instead which was helpful <laughs>
2: Yeah and, and I know from just my friends and the guys who I've met I know sailors and navy men they like to party and I know college students like to party. So I know yeah. I know it was a bouncing act for you guys, man.
0: Oh yeah, for me, I was just, like, I did like to party, but at that time I couldn't really go many places to party because I didn't even have the time to, they didn't let us. So, you know, I, you, we just try to find something fun to do for, you know, the, the 12 hours or so we got of Liberty.
2: <laughs> so let's kind of fast forward to the point when you enlisted and now you're then at that point, did you enlist as active duty or did you enlist in the reserves?
0: So, so after the academy, we, we get commissioned as officers and we're active duty.
2: Okay. So what was that like? Did you do any tours? I'm sure in the Navy you went yeah. all over. What was that like?
0: Yeah. yeah. So, um, in my first four years, I went on two different deployments. Um, both of them went to the middle East. Um, those were good times, uh, really good times for saving too, because, um, especially during my first deployment, I think I'd probably say 45 to $50,000 in my first deployment. Cause it was 10 months away uh, I had, I was smart enough where I timed out my lease for where I was renting at that time, all that stuff. And like, I got rid of everything really bills I had on deployment was I think my, my car and cell phone, maybe a couple little things. It was maybe, I don't know, maybe like $800 insurance to like $800 or so in bills a month. It wasn't like much at all. And then, you know, but at that time I was getting paid, I don't even know, like five plus thousand dollars So the rest of that stuff, like basically four to 5,000 of it Was like going to savings every month because I didn't, you know, because while on deployment there wasn't a lot that I was spending on. I mean, I'd get food here and there. It really wasn't expensive. I was eating most of my meals on the ship. I would eat like one meal off the ship. That one meal I ate off the ship wasn't any more than ten bucks, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know. So uh, it was, it was. I saved a lot of money during that time. So that was really nice, and that helped set me up for really what helped me eventually get into NASCAR. Uh,
2: You know, that's wise. You know, I I got a lot of clients and a lot of young buddies my brother-in-law and a lot of my family they're all in the military and a lot of the younger ones these guys are spending money like they have expenses and they have like virtually no real expenses especially when they're deployed but they they're not doing what you did so what do you think what it was that gave you that thought, process i better save some of this rather than just you know it's gonna be here next month i'll spend it all what made you think about you know i need to save
0: so because because pre-deployment i set a goal right so For me, um, you know, being a car guy, all that stuff, I had goals with uh, the car stuff I was getting this track towards becoming a race car driver, right? And I didn't really know that this is where I was taking it, but I knew what it was going to help me achieve which what it helped me achieve eventually led me towards the track for becoming a race car diver. So, you know, for me, I had these goals with um, I had a Dodge challenger at that time and I wanted to break some records with it. I wanted to uh, build up a lot of um, hype for, it as far as social media, like um, just a whole bunch of stuff. Right. And, and I knew, okay, in order to do it, I was going to need to do this crazy build on the car. And I knew I needed to save X amount of money to do it. I, need, I knew, I knew I needed to save X amount of money to also pay off some other stuff. So there's all this stuff I wanted to do. Um, and I knew in order to do it, I was going to need the capital to make it happen. So I set goals and I was like, okay, on deployment, I'm going to save this amount of money so that I could make this happen. By doing that, I came back from deployment. I got the car ready the way I needed to get it ready. I went to all these competitions. I was winning. I was doing all this stuff, creating a really big name for myself. And by doing that, that's what eventually led me to eventually having, um, the opportunity to start racing my way up to NASCAR.
2: That's so big, man. I talked to my clients a lot about goal setting. You know, it's amazing what a person can do when they're intentional about it. I had a client, she was, she wanted to refinance her house. Her biggest thing was she had more money coming out, going out the house than coming in. So she was running a deficit month after month after month. But once we started working together and started planning, she was able to save 200 bucks a month. Then, then we started looking to refinance her house. Once we got there, she was able to, we gave her an itemized list of things she had to accomplish as far as bills paying off, past, past due tasks she had to take care of, things like that. And she hit these things month after month after month because she had a goal she was planning for. And when when you, ha- so it's so important to to do that goal setting. Like I'm sure the re- uh, the question I'd asked you was why is the money, why do so many young people who are enlisted use all their money every single month? And it's because they don't have goals. They don't have their eye on the prize of what they're saving for, so let's talk about that goal, man. So yeah, I know you had the other you Challenger, you're doing your, your YouTube thing, your uh, social media marketing thing, but how does that turn into a NASCAR racer? Let's let's talk about that.
0: Yeah, so um, once I built up the fame of the Challenger, I was doing everything I was doing. I was building my name on social media, YouTube. I was getting you know tons of views on different things. From there, um, I was like, okay, I wanted to be this big name in the car world. And, and once I became this bigger name in the car world, when I started going to different uh, shows and events and things, obviously people knew who I was. Well, uh, by going to one particular event, I was there and I happened to run into a guy who was racing uh, late model stock cars and uh, late model stock cars are kind of like a lower level series of NASCAR. It's like where you want to start if you want to work your way up. And he just saw the things I was doing. It was like, hey, you know would you be interested in trying to actually race professionally? And I was like, yes, I've been (laughs) actually thinking about that a lot. Um, That's why I'm doing everything I'm doing now. You know, I would love to. And that opportunity basically was there. And I I took it, I jumped on it. I went and tested the race car. It went well. And then from there, I had to find uh, more money (laughs) to to, to get into the race car because it takes funding. And at that point, I knew, okay, I make decent money in the Navy, but I need to make more. Um, if I want to actually get into a race car. So that's when I started my own business. Um, And my business was hosting uh, drag racing events at drag strips. And I would invite a ton of people to the track. I would get people to race. I would have spectators. I would have all that stuff. And any extra money I made from these events is what I used to basically sponsor myself so I could get into a race car. And this is what I had to do. And that's what made all this work.
2: I love that, man. I, I, love, I love that entrepreneur mindset. It, no doubt that goes back to what you saw at the household growing up. Like if it's not enough, what you're getting, go make it happen. And that's what you yeah. did. And, you know, it's, it's like, I see. you know, I'm not in the race car world, but essentially it's like, a, you're a promoter, you're promoting yeah. these shows, yeah. you're getting the people to come out there and participate in these shows. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're getting the guests to come in and you, what are you keeping the door or is it the part? How are you making income off these shows? We you use it?
0: So um, I charge for all the tickets. So anyone who wants to spectate, anyone who wants to race, um, there's all ticket prices. So, you know, people who are wanting to race were paying anywhere from 125 to $150 a piece. People who want to spectate were paying anywhere from 20 to $35 a piece. You know, once you start having, you know, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 people show up, you know, and your expenses are, your expenses are this, but the revenue coming is this and now you have that profit and, and that's what <laughs> I was doing. And I've been doing it since I actually have one coming up here in about um, a little less than two months. Um, I've been doing these events since 2015. They've all gone really, really well. I think in almost 30 events, I've only, I lost money on like maybe three events. <laughs> so yeah. it's
2: been good. That's the my, hey, we're going to pause here for a commercial break and hop right back into it.
1: Hey, what's going on guys? If you're enjoying the show, make sure to leave a rating and review on whatever listening platform you're using. We really appreciate it, and make sure you share with a friend. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the show.
2: Hey, guys, what's going on? It's Peyton here. I'm back, with, back here with Jesse Awuji and he was just sharing how he started his own promotion business to get into NASCAR. So now here you are, you're in NASCAR, you're doing your thing. What's life look like for you now?
0: Yeah, so for me right now, it's uh, been crazy busy. Um, you know, I race NASCAR Truck Series. I run some NASCAR Xfinity Series races. Um, I got my businesses going on right now with the um, drag racing events company. I have a sim racing events company where, where I put on uh, simulator racing events online virtually, esports. And then I also have real estate investing and um, a trucking company. So all these different businesses keep me really, really busy. And then on the weekends when I'm more free, I, I get to race NASCAR, you know, every so often I don't race every race on the schedule. Um, but eventually I'm working towards that to where I can eventually race full time. That's and
2: I'm awesome. still in the Navy,
0: Navy reserves. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's awesome, man. So what do you credit this level of success you have? What do you most, mostly credited to?
0: Um, You know, credit to my parents, credit to, um, you know, them also, you know, uh, uh, raising me as someone, uh, as a person in faith, you know, God has been a big part of this whole journey, helping me uh, get to everywhere I've gotten to. Because there's a lot of things that happen. I look up, I'm like, I know I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that. it was all you. Because that uh, seems impossible, and it's a story that if I tell people, they'll never believe. But you did it, and I just know it was you. So <laughs> I, I,
2: I call those a God wing. That's when God says, "Hey, you know, I still, you know, I still know you exist, Jesse. Here you go."
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's happened quite a few times. It's
2: it's crazy. Yeah, man. Just the fact that you're here, you can tell it's a huge miracle. You know, your parents oh, yeah. came up here and mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're black in NASCAR. And you're not just black, you're actually from Africa, you know. So you know yeah. that's you know that's yeah. God. You're oh, really yeah, black in yeah. NASCAR, man. So we're yeah. getting up to the end here. I know you only had so much time, you know. I always ask everybody the same question in these podcasts. The words financial success mean different things to different people. They even mean different things to the same people at different times. I'm sure they mean different financial success meant different to you when you were in college, college on 100 bucks a month to what it is now that you have all these bu- different businesses and revenue streams. So today, 2021, Jesse, what do the words financial success mean to you? And I want you to answer this from a quality of life, not a dollar mm-hmm. amount.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, financial success to me is when you are financially free. And when you are financially free, that means that every every expense and bill that you normally have is completely covered. Plus, on top of that, you have a lot of extra money to live the lifestyle that you want to live freely without ever really ever having to look at your bank account and worry about anything. That is true financial success for me. When you have financial freedom, you don't have a nine to five job that's holding you back all the time. You have passive income coming in um, at all times. Um, and And it's just finances just aren't a worry anymore that's financial freedom and that's what i work towards is to be financially free
2: (laughs) hey i like it man you're on your way there you're doing great things with your investing with your businesses i I love the businesses you know a lot of my clients they come to me and talk to me about investing in stocks and bonds and that's what i do it's what i do for my clients but i always say the return on private enterprise on a small business trumps the return in the stock market Trump's the return in cryptocurrency. It trumps so much when you invest in yourself and the vision that you have. You're, you're living yeah. proof, man. You've done it. So I appreciate you taking the time out today to share with us. We're just at the end of the time, podcast right now. So I just want to thank you all for listening. I hope it was uh, meaningful to you guys. I hope you learned something. You guys have a blessed one. Take care. And
1: thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Pain Boy is a financial professional with homes, financial, of securities offered through. Berther Fisher & Company, Financial Services, Inc. BFCFS, member FINRA, FIPC, Homes Financial is independent of BFCFS.